Hello everybody and welcome to Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. My name is John O'Pierce and in this podcast I want to share how having a Christian faith has brought hope and meaning and purpose to my life. Welcome to episode 120 of Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. And one of the great joys of doing this podcast for me is having the opportunity to chat to really interesting people about their journey of faith. And the guest that I want to introduce you to this week is a woman that I met at Diocesan Synod a few weeks ago. And for those not familiar with that term, Diocesan Synod is like an annual business meeting for churches in my denomination. It happens once a year. And if you're really keen to find out a little bit more about Diocesan Synod, uh, check out episode 118 on the Bite Sized Chunks of Faith page, where I shared a few reflections on this year's Diocesan Synod. But without wanting to get bogged down there, I really want to introduce you today to Diane Ruddock. And Diane made a passionate speech that really captured my attention, all about serving God as a diocesan reader. And we'll hear a little bit more about what that is in a few moments. But it is a really great delight to welcome Diane to this week's episode of the podcast. Diane, you are so welcome. It's lovely to have you with us today. Thank you, Jono. It's a pleasure um, to to join with you today and just to chat a little bit about uh, my journey to becoming a diocesan lay reader, which is a very recent experience for me. Brilliant. And Dan, for those who don't know you, who've never come across you before, can we begin by maybe if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, just to introduce you to, to all our listeners? So, yes. Um, I'm almost 62. I am living in a just outside a little village called uh, Donaclony in County Armagh, Northern Ireland. Um, with my husband, Merton, we live on a, a small farm and we have two children now in their 20s. Um, my daughter is married and living quite close to home and uh, our son will be getting married next year and he's living and farming over in Scotland. Um, and of that, I always say it's Scotland, it's not New Zealand. So at least it's uh, close enough for, for us to be able to keep in, uh, in contact. Um, and in terms of my faith journey, I <clears throat> grew up in a, um, in a loving Church of Ireland family in uh, a village not far from here called Bestbrook. And um, being, you know, sort of going to going to church on a Sunday was as much a part of the pattern of our lives as going to school on a Monday. And uh, and really, my faith grew from uh, from those very early roots and that very early just great example. So that's me in a nutshell. Well, my sense, Dan, when I heard you speaking at Synod some weeks ago was that faith was a really central and important part of your life. And, and it's it's great to hear about those those roots that you laid down from an early age uh, within your, your, your family. And um, my sense, again, from from what you've just shared, was that it 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 is in many ways always been an important part of your life. And then 
when you spoke at that meeting, the diocesan synod about being commissioned as a, a diocesan lay reader, um, there are lots of people who will be listening to the podcast who who aren't familiar with terms like that at all. And um, can you tell us what is a, a diocesan lay reader? What does a lay reader do? So a lay reader is someone who um, offers themselves or would like to get involved in uh, ministry and really supporting the ordained clergy, but without going, uh, you know, sort of the full way to to being uh, to being ordained. Um, it does involve uh, a certain amount of uh, of training and study, um, and uh, and some support in terms of preaching. And uh, so it's 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 quite a commitment. But having said that, um, it's it, it's not beyond anyone who I think feels uh, a call to uh, to get involved in, you know, sort of in the worshipping life of, of, of a church community. Um, so it, it can involve helping at uh, services, uh, reading or leading prayers. And in the case of a, a of, of a commissioned diocesan reader also preaching um, and uh, so I could probably tell you more about what the role is in, in a little while when I've been uh, more involved in it. Um, it. It Initially I'm sure I will be mostly involved in my own parish church in Bambridge um, but it also would be possible for me to go to uh, support services in uh, in another parish within the diocese. Uh, for example, if um, there's uh, illness or if um, there's there's a vacancy when um, they're looking for a new rector or a new minister for for the church. Um, it's still a lay role, so there are some things that we can't do. Uh, we, we, you know, we can't uh, administer sacraments. We can we can support with Holy Communion, but we can't um, do uh, you know sort of uh, the you know sort of the full service, and obviously not pronounce uh, absolution or blessing. Um, but we can still support in, uh, in in a number of ways. And 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 for me, I think it's. Um, uh, it, it is a lovely way to be able to contribute to the life of the church in the times that we're living in. It sounds great. And and, and can you tell us a little bit um, about your, your training? You mentioned there that there is a bit of training involved. And uh, what, what sort of training did you have to do before you were you were commissioned? So having having applied through our Diocese of Down and Dromore, um, a, that then uh, gave me access to a course which is run by Church of Ireland Theological Institute. Um, and it involved uh, a number of uh, weekends uh, of study and uh, learning in, uh, in the Institute in Dublin. Uh, and that was wonderful because uh, it meant that we were meeting with uh, people from all walks of life uh, and such a range of ages um, uh, across almost every diocese in uh, in Ireland. Um, and w- what was interesting was that the, the people training together included 
um, mostly young people, but some uh, uh, a bit older than that, who were taking the first steps towards exploring um, whether God is calling them to full-time ministry and to, you know, to, to full ordination. There were others who really were um, pursuing the course just to enhance their own faith and understanding. And then there was a cohort of us who were um, uh, diocesan readers in, uh, in, in training. And um, we covered a range of subjects, um, obviously uh, looking in, in more detail at Old Testament and New Testament, uh, looking at creeds. The, um, then there was a, a module on um, uh, spirituality. Uh, there was one on theology. So um, uh, quite a broad range. Uh, and I'll have to be honest and say that there were a few times when I thought, oh my goodness, I'm never going to need to know this ever again. But even so, it was just so enriching to um, uh, to learn, uh, you know, sort of stuff that that I didn't know before. And one of the things that, that I really enjoyed was that the totality of the course helped you see um, the Bible as, you know, sort of how it fits together. So the number of times you, just, you read references in the New Testament and, and with the benefit of just a little bit of additional knowledge, you're able to go, oh, yeah, I get that. That refers back to Isaiah or to Deuteronomy or um, uh, to, the, to the law. And while it's maybe not stuff that's ever going to come out uh, in, in a sermon to an unsuspecting con congregation, it, it, you know, what I find was it just deepens and, and enriches your, your faith. And it's, and it's just part of uh, deepening that relationship with, um, uh, with God. That sounds a really kind of powerful experience where it kind of really helps your, your faith to, to live as you as you research and as you study it together, uh, and I suppose that that community aspect must have been really um, encouraging as as you kind of embarked on this journey together. Yes, that's that's definitely true. And we were we felt like a very fortunate group because um, the group um, in the year before us had unfortunately had to do all their studying online uh, because of COVID. Uh, we were able, albeit with um, precautions, uh, to uh, to meet uh, at Theological Institute um, and 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 that definitely helped uh, although some people were learning on zoom as uh, as well um but i think one of the things that that i found really rewarding was that we were from such diverse uh, places and with so much different experience as well um there were some uh, young people really straight out of university exploring uh, and on the first steps towards ordination and I, you know i looked at them and i thought you know, they will bring such blessing to the Church of Ireland in the, you know, sort of in the generation to come. And then at the other end, there were, um, you know, sort of a few of us who uh, were, were definitely coming to uh, to this calling uh, later in life. But then we've got different experiences uh, uh, to bring as well. And the other great blessing of the age that we live in is uh, is WhatsApp. So we have a, a very lively WhatsApp group. And and, and just at the moment, um, you know, there's there, there's there's quite a lot of news of commission services happening uh, all across the country and uh, and so we've you know we've forged friendships that will uh, you know that will last us a lifetime and, and it's a very supportive group that sounds wonderful that sounds wonderful and and um one of the things you've mentioned there as part of this role um in becoming a, 
a diocesan lay reader is that you you lead services and that you also uh, are involved in in preaching in in public worship and um i sometimes have shared on on this podcast and in other places that uh, when you begin to do those things to lead services and and to preach sermons and even still to this day um i've been doing it for a few years now and um, you you get quite quite nervous uh, before you do it and i'm wondering can you remember um, the very first time that you were asked either to to lead a service or or to preach a sermon can you remember anything about that oh yeah um those are things that 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 you don't forget um so it was about this time last year it was um july last year um i was commissioned as a as a parish reader so um with fewer responsibilities but certainly um uh, able to to lead services and and prayers uh, in, in in my own church and um so the first in our parish we have a big church uh holy trinity in bambridge and then a smaller church st patrick um uh, out in the village of of st patrick and my my first outing was uh, was in this in the smaller church and i was joined by um uh, our youth and uh, uh, and children's uh, ministry lead, um, and so we were we were we were taking the service together. But the thing that stands out in my mind most uh, was the first hymn which we which we sang is that wonderful hymn, "I the Lord of Sea and Sky," which has that um, wonderful chorus, "Here I am, Lord, is it I, Lord?" And and that had been a, a a worship song that had kind of been on my heart the whole way through training, and I'd even written about it in one of my assignments. So it was such a, a kind of an affirming moment when uh, that was the first uh, hymn that we sang before I even had to open my mouth, and it just felt you know almost like a, a you know a bit of a, a tap on the shoulder from uh, from from the Lord. Um, and I, we got through that service. I didn't, there was no disasters, um, and the uh, the congregation were uh, uh, were very welcoming. And so then, uh, it's not hard to forget my uh, preaching my first sermon because it 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 was literally just uh, last Sunday. So um, the week after I had been commissioned. Um, and I'd initially expected that the first sermon I would preach might be in some, you know, sort of strange parish that had never seen me before. And if they didn't like me, they could never invite me back. But the reality was I was here. I was preaching um, to my uh, to my home congregation. But, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing was that um, throughout my training, um, the the parishioners uh, in my congregation, not just ones that I would know well, but others that that I wouldn't have known so well, have been so supportive and so encouraging, and and many of them came to the commissioning service. Uh, so I did, although I you know I was genuinely nervous, um, uh, but I did have a real sense that um, that I was speaking to a community who um, who actually cared about me and were. Um, uh, you know, sort of wanted to be supportive. So, so yes, I was nervous. Um, and really, you, I think if you didn't have the humility to be at least a little bit nervous, you'd be pretty dangerous up there. Um, because that nervousness does make you uh, make sure that you that you prepare and, um, you know, sort of really, really think and pray about, um, you know, what is it that, um, that's, that, that, 
it's not what you want to say, but what what does God want you to say to the um, uh, you know sort of to the people that you're that you're preaching to and. Uh, so um, both preacher and con congregation survived the uh, survived the experience, and um, and I did get some uh, some positive feedback afterwards. Um, although I then stayed on in our church, we have uh, a second service, and uh, at that second service, our curate uh, Anna Williams was preaching on the same, uh, obviously on the same uh, passage, and uh, it just made me realize how much I still have to learn and uh, yeah there's something about training uh, as a reader you never listen to a sermon in the same way again because you're you're, you're listening to, to 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 think okay so um what's that preacher taking from these verses and um and it's fascinating how many different approaches you can you can take so so I'm looking forward to further opportunities I think that sounds fantastic. And and um, I know when I heard you you speak at Synod, my, my sense, again, was somebody who was really passionate about what you wanted to say. And, and um, Synod is, is, is a fairly intimidating kind of atmosphere, I would find. And uh, I have rarely spoken myself at Synod. I think I've been on it for about 25 years or so now. But I, I I would rarely speak, and and I just completely admired what you had to say and the passion with which you said it. So I'm sure, um, that was a really um, really good experience for everybody when you shared that that first sermon. So well done on doing that. Thank um, you. I'm just wondering, as you you sort of share a little bit about your 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 journey to this role as as a, a diocesan lay reader, are there um, any people that you can think of, Diane, who've been particularly significant on on your own journey of faith, and and maybe if you can, would you would you tell us a little bit about a few of those people? Yeah, I mean, it would be diff difficult to narrow it down to a few because really, um, God has put before me uh, right throughout my life um, people who have been, you know, sort of wonderful influence and role models. And it would have to start um, with uh, my mom and my dad and uh, my maternal grandmother uh, who lived with us, with us as well. And I mean, it wasn't a, a, a you know, we weren't a particularly holy household, but um, it was just part of the fabric of, uh, you know, sort of of growing up. And, uh, you know, uh, my grandmother would have had a, an expression, tell the truth and shame the devil. And uh, uh, but, you know, you were left with a sense that, um, you know, doing the right thing wasn't just about being a good person. It was about, um, you know, sort of living in a, a, a you know, sort of um, keeping the commandments, but living in a way that um, a, that Jesus would uh, would wish you to live. Um, so, uh, so that was great. Um, there have also been people throughout my uh, my school life and my education from a Northern Ireland perspective was was quite unusual in that I I went to a convent school and um, the principal of the school, Sister Mark Hollywood, was uh, a wonderful role model for. Um, uh, you know, sort of uh, for all of her students, she was so full of um, God's love and spirituality and uh, and a care for creation and a care for the world around us as well. Um, and uh, that had a had a big impact on me. And then I think 
you know, lest we're here forever, I'll, I'll, I'll scoot past lots of other people who uh, who have been supportive, but, uh, you know, sort of in, in more recent years with um, the, the ministry team in our church in Bambridge, um, I, I think with um, Archdeacon Roderick West as, uh, as our rector, um, that has been uh, a big influence. Our church is very, you know, sort of missional. We, we want out our uh, our faith in in real and practical ways, and uh, uh, and that's been a big influence as well, uh, along with some of the uh, you know a number of the curates that that I've worked with with Roderick in in recent years as well. Um, so those would be some of the key people. And there there will be others, and I hope if they're listening, they'll know that um, I'm eternally grateful to them as well. I think that sounds it's it's interesting too the, the the diversity of those people isn't it that that influence us and and um and I love the the breadth of your your influences you know you've you've got people from different denominations and traditions and um lay people and ordained people and and I think that that's a fantastic thing that very often when we just see ordinary people um living out their faith it can really have a profound impact upon us and by the same token, sometimes you can have a very unique influence on people by living out your faith in, in your particular context. So that, that's really brilliant the way you're, you're bringing that out for us today. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, again, as we, we think about uh, people who've influenced us, are there any particular Bible verses or, or, or passages that have been important on your journey of faith? Yeah, and to pick out some favourites, it's almost like being asked to pick your favourite child. Um, uh, but there are certainly uh, certainly a few. I think one that almost Im- always immediately comes to mind if I'm asked for a favourite is um, uh, Philippians chapter four and verse eleven, and it it, it has been with me for such a long time it's actually one that I that I learned by heart from the King James version of the Bible which would have been pretty much the only thing that that we had um, through school and and it's that wonderful verse um, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content now I couldn't promise that I have fully learned it but just the knowledge that um, you know, sort of whatever is happening in your life or whatever is happening in the world around you, if you can, you know, if you can rest with it, knowing that that God is with you in that situation, then it, it, it gives, a, a, you know, a, I don't want to sound glib, but it does give you a certain peace to know that whatever the journey you will get through it. So, uh, so that's one. Um, then there's another one from uh, Deuteronomy, um, which I can't claim to know hugely well as a as an entire book. It's quite complex, but there is one verse in it, um, chapter 33 and verse 12. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in Him, for He shields him all day long, and the one the Lord loves rests between His shoulders. And again, I think there's something just so powerful of that imagery about. Uh, you know, sort of how much God loves you, and how much you can you can you you can rest uh, in His love, um, and so that's that's one that's uh, that's special as well. Um, and then I think the other one um, that 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 I I think speaks to me is um, the verse in Galatians um, about the fruit of the spirit. 
um, because really, you know, those are those are wonderful gifts that I mean, you could work a lifetime and, and never perfect all of them. But but in whatever way you can you can practice them, if if you can, you will, um, uh, you know, you will bless others uh, around you uh, and and it will be a blessing to yourself as well. That's fantastic. And and um, and just as you as you sort of reflect on those verses and upon their significance and on their meaning for your life, I guess that's at the heart of of a lot of um, churches um, ministry and, and outreach is really to try and and help all of us to to engage with um, the scriptures and to really see what are they saying or how do they apply to our lives and I just love the way you brought out all those things so so powerfully there and um, one of the things I'm very conscious of um, is that it and maybe it's because of my own sort of personality I'd be instinctively quite a cautious kind of person and um, it takes a lot of courage to 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 step out and to do something new and um, and that's exactly what you you did when you when you offered yourself for this training as a as a diocesan lay reader and i remember again uh, you were very honest when you spoke of the synod you said this is not easy you know to stand up here and speak to all, all of you people who are gathered um but i'm wondering dan if there is anybody who's listening to the podcast today and maybe they're thinking to themselves you know maybe i've had this sort of little feeling within me and um, that maybe god is calling me to to do something different or to do something new. And I'm a bit scared about that because I've never done anything like that before. Um, if there is anybody who's sensing some sort of call like that in their lives, what sort of advice would you give them? Well, I think what I said at, uh, at Synod was maybe don't spend just as many years pondering before you take, take a step that, uh, as I did. Um, but I suppose the first thing is um, keep on praying, keep on uh, reading your Bible, keep on connecting with opportunities to um, to deepen your faith and to be in a in a community of faithful people. Next to that, I think um, speak to whoever is in uh, a ministry leadership role in in whatever um, faith setting that uh, that you find find yourself so in church of ireland context your uh, your rector or or somebody uh, uh, with within the church um, uh, but also you know do a little bit of uh, of research in 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 what you know if you are thinking that it's a ministry role um, of, of some sort in what kinds of roles uh, are, are available and um, you know and be open and, and ask other people but yeah don't the other thing is um, I suppose God's time will be the right time but at the same time you know if you're making excuses or if you're saying ah but well perhaps or maybe just challenge yourself as to are they just excuses or are they genuine reasons that now is not the right time? Um, but keep praying about it. I think that's great advice. And uh, that's probably a good point to to draw ourselves to a close uh, for this week's episode. But on behalf of all of us, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for, for just sharing your story so honestly and so powerfully and we want to wish you 
every blessing as you as you continue on this journey. And thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. And if you were kind enough to hit follow or subscribe or even leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, that'd be greatly appreciated. Join me again next week for another bite-sized chunk of faith.